0: Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. For this episode, I invited Louise Purvis to share her experiences of leaving classroom teaching to run her own business. I thought hearing from her would add another dimension to the insights that I can share, since Louise did start by being a tutor, but is now a productivity mentor and a Trello trainer for other business owners. So in this episode, here are the things we unpacked. I started by asking her, What factors helped her decide whether going down the business route was right for her? We then discussed how we prepared and made the transition from being employed to self-employed. I then asked what teaching skills and experience helped her with her business and inversely, which ones may have held her back. We then discussed what advice we have for someone who wants to leave the classroom into their own business, but isn't really sure how to go about it and we finished on discussing what we would do differently if we could. I hope you enjoy our discussion.
1: I'm Louise Purvis. I'm my mid-40s. Um, I have been out of teaching for nearly a decade now after spending a number of years in the primary classroom um, teaching children from nursery right up to year six. So I did teach um, pretty much all of the year groups and now I run my own business which is called Big Smiley Face Limited which offers productivity mentoring, Trello training and um, virtual assistant services.
0: Oh lovely, thank you. So you left the classroom quite a while ago now, it's been 10 years. When you were thinking of leaving the classroom, what factors actually helped you decide that you wanted to run your own business and not go into another job, for instance?
1: That's a really hard question to answer. (laughs) Um, I knew that I wanted to leave teaching, but I'm going to be honest and say I did not have a clue what was next for me. So I actually came out of the classroom and took a job in a hairdressing salon as a receptionist. And I did that to give myself some breathing space um, because my head was still so in this teaching zone where I felt like I could only ever be a teacher I didn't know what I could do next so I worked there for six months and whilst I was working there I was then doing my planning doing my researching Um, you know I got advice um, financial advice from an accountant as to what I could do um, because it was that space that made me think that I wanted to set my own business up and um, at the time I wanted to set myself up as a tutor and that was the first business that I ran after teaching and then after a few years Um, I ran two businesses or two threads of the business, if you like, side by side, um, the tutoring. And then I set up my virtual assistant business, which then leaked into um, productivity mentoring. But it was just that space that I needed um, that helped me to decide that I wanted to run my own business.
0: And what was that that trigger point, though? Like, so when you were working as a receptionist and you had that space to think about things, What was it that gave you that light bulb moment where you thought, yeah, I want to run my own business, whether it's tutoring or productivity mentoring?
1: I think it was just, you know, getting out of the classroom and actually starting to feel appreciated um, by the people that I was working with gave me my self-esteem back and helped me to know that actually I could do it you know, I invested in myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was similar in that. I definitely needed space. hundred percent. Also, it's not just because you reach this stage where you, everything's really noisy and your brain feels really full, but I found that I was really institutionalized.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's like, I didn't know a different life outside the life of a teacher, but for me, perhaps it was slightly different because I did know I wanted my own business. I just didn't know what it was going to look like. And tutoring gave me that really quick and easy way to start making money that gave me a bit of breathing room as well. So I didn't have to put too much pressure on myself. And as that evolved, that's when I was able to actually think strategically and more long term. Mm -hmm. But also, I think that for me, and I don't know if you found the same thing, my trigger point was realizing that When I was in the classroom, I felt quite trapped. I was trapped by rules and procedures and timetables and, you know, being Miss as I'm walking down the corridor and not being being Samantha. And it felt really liberating to think I can now do things on my own terms, even teaching. Like, I never thought I'd say this, but I quite like marking. But (laughs) I never did before, because now the marking that I'm doing is truly valuable. I'm not doing it to be seen to be doing it because someone's going to check my books and mm. you know I found that as I started developing my business I started really deciding whether I wanted to be self-employed or whether I wanted to be an entrepreneur and that was quite an important distinction for me to make because that would then dictate how I moved forward.
1: Um, it's interesting you should say that about the books because I was just thinking about that this morning. Marking is actually not that bad, and even like you know, when I was tutoring, I was doing lesson preparation. It's enjoyable because I know that I'm going to teach that child, and I know that nobody's going to come and scrutinise it and say, "Well, that could be better, and that could be better." So, yeah, it, it, I, I do give myself quite a lot of pats on the back now. <laughs> you have to be your own cheerleader, don't you?
0: You do, you do, and you know, I mean, I think that one of the hardest things I find when I speak to teachers who want to leave is, okay, they know they want to run their own business, or they know what their next move is going to be. It doesn't have to be a tutor, you don't have to run your own business, but they don't know how to prepare to make that transition from being Mm -hmm. employed to self-employed. And something I think you said is really interesting is that you worked as a receptionist. You know, I think that's a really good strategy, because I think you have to decide... Do I want to leave or do I need to leave? And if you need to leave, it's not about matching your salary. It's about saying, right, I need to find a way to earn what I need to live, just so that that pressure is ease. If you're in a situation where you don't need to leave, like you don't feel desperate, but you want to leave, then you can, you know, you can take your time to think about it. You can have a plan. And I think that it's quite important to think of those two approaches because historically, whenever we're in a job and we move to another one, we do focus on matching our salary or going for an increase. And that's often a real driving force. So when you were preparing to be self-employed, what kind of things did you do to make that transition?
1: So basically, I went to an accountant and got advice about money. But I think a massive thing for me was to think about myself as separate from a business and to go, right, I need to invest in training myself not because it's a luxury but because it's a necessity and go right I need to do this course and this course and I'm not spending money on myself the business is spending money on me to mean that I can do this job and I still do that like now like you know I did it at the beginning I learned different skills and also you know getting a little bit of coaching as well um and talking to people who'd already like ran their own businesses or we're running their own businesses and just getting a lot of advice.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Actually, that separation is really hard because often we're one of the one and the same. But that is a really good mindset, actually, to think that this is necessary and I am separate to the business. This isn't an expense. This is an investment. And when you mm. make an investment, you get something in return. It pays you back. I definitely didn't have that mentality and it's something I would definitely have done differently, but instead I was really transactional in my mind. So I saved money, you know, my worked my notice period. And during that time I saved as much money as I could so that there would be a buffer because I knew Mm. I needed some space. So that's something that really helped me transition, but it also meant that I could start tutoring without any pressure of thinking, where's this going and what am I going to do and am I going to release courses and you know how am I going to make more money I didn't have to think of any of that I could just tutor get paid for it and try and take it easy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I think that that's quite an important thing to for people to hear that you don't have to have everything sorted from the day you start your business your business starts from the day you get a customer when you have a paid customer you've got a business it's running. And you can do things as you go along, things can evolve. You don't have to have a master plan, because to be honest, even if you do, it's likely to change. As a classroom teacher, you develop so many skills every single day. Which ones do you think have helped you the most as a business owner?
1: There is so many benefits and there's so much that you actually do learn when you're teaching. So, you know, you've got those planning skills, that ability to be able to think on your feet, but I think as well just all the juggling, you know, having so many things going on as a teacher. You've got the children obviously, but then there's all the other bits. You know, you you need to plan assemblies, you need to do the reports, you need to do the assessment, you need to do the marking. But I think as well just being able to step into that persona as a teacher it has really, really helped me because sometimes, like when I come into work now. I work in a little co-working space so I step into my office and if I've had a bad morning if my child hasn't wanted to have their porridge or has refused to put the shoes on you know I'll be driving to work thinking oh and then I get here and I step into my office and I become business owner and I know that I've taken that away from stepping into the classroom and being Miss
0: yeah there are so many there are so many transferable skills and the reason why i wanted to actually ask this question is because one of the phrases i hear a lot from teachers is but i'm just a teacher i don't know anything mm-hmm. about the business side and i think that sometimes we really underestimate just how much we do know and how much we can do that other people go on courses to learn as a business owner but we've got them and they're so instinctive that we don't actually recognize them you know for me that efficiency of working, always having to find a more efficient way, a more efficient way to work through that to-do list and make everything happen on time has really helped the way I work. But like you said, being able to step into a persona and get to know people really fast and you know those communication skills and having the confidence to communicate with different people in different ways. One minute you're talking to children, but then another colleague or a deputy head might step in your classroom and suddenly you've got a slightly different hat on and then you're talking to parents and it could be a challenging thing you're talking about or it could be parents evening. And those skills being able to switch and communicate in all these different ways is something that has not only helped me as a tutor, but it's helped me as a business person where I do need to speak to lots of different people. So yes, yeah, so so many skills. I mean, I think we'd be here for at least an hour if we talked about all the skills yeah. that really transfer over really well, but I think they're probably the core ones. Inversely, did anything, do you feel like anything held you back?
1: It's, it's like you say, though, um, you do get into that mindset that I'm a teacher. I'm not anything else. I've Like, trained for years and years and years to do this. So, I can't do anything else. And I suppose that was one thing that did
0: hold me back. Did anything hold you back, or does anything hold you back in terms of how you operate? So, for instance, for me, at the very beginning, I found it really hard to say no to clients who I didn't Mm. really want to work with. And I know that that's because I felt so guilty saying no to a child because I was just used to teaching the classes that were on my timetable. I didn't get a choice in the matter and I just had to make it work. And really that circles back to the concept of doing things on your own terms.
1: So that was something
0: I definitely struggled with. Is there anything that you felt you struggled with that might relate to your teaching experience?
1: Um, No, but you're saying that has just made me think, actually, that is maybe why. I did kind of like say yes to things in the early days that maybe things that I wouldn't now. You know, yeah. I didn't have those boundaries in place, and um, because as a, as a teacher you don't have the boundaries. You know, you do work until silly times. You know, I would sometimes finish work at like one o'clock in the morning. Things that I've had to put in place and I've put into place well now. I didn't at the beginning, and like you say with with clients that maybe didn't want to pay rates and would ask for you know a discount I would at the beginning I would say yes.
0: Yeah I mean I was quite I was quite firm on the money side I didn't struggle purely because I'd run my own business for 15 years before that
1: Mm. but what I
0: did struggle with was meeting a client who I just I didn't I didn't want to teach honestly I I still feel bad saying that Mm. but I had an idea of how I wanted to teach and how I wanted my lessons to be like the energy I wanted. And, but I said, yes, anyway. And you know what? I learned from it not working out. You know, mm. I could, I dreaded the lessons and I could feel that they weren't so engaged because we were just a complete mismatch. We can't be everything to everybody. Do you know what? The thing I, I remember was on my very first day that I was off the payroll, I woke up and my husband said, right, let's go for a walk you know, because I was having dreams that I'd got my resignation date wrong and that I was meant to be in school and that I wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, I was having these really stressful dreams. So I went for a walk and I was like, oh, my God, is is, is this what it looks like during the day? What What are these people doing? Do, do you know, do they not work or, you know, and suddenly it was this whole whole world in front of me. And the thing that I had to decouple and this took me a while was the concept of overworking with being productive. I went on that walk and I felt lazy. I felt really bad that I wasn't working. It was the daytime. And it took me a long time to realize that when you're working 100 miles an hour and you're pulling 16 hour days, that does not mean you're being productive. And that has been a huge learning curve for me, huge. I'm really disciplined now. I don't work on weekends. Unless, unless I absolutely have to, and maybe that's maybe twice a year, I do not work on weekends. I certainly don't take clients on weekends. Fridays, no one can book me. So I've got those boundaries in place now, but it was incredibly hard to do. For me, that was the biggest thing that held me at back at the beginning. And it's the biggest thing that has liberated me as I've recognized it. So I think that working on yourself, you can't underestimate that.
1: And did you find that weekends are suddenly really long? Like yeah. previously, you'd you get to like Saturday night and you'd be like, I've still got another day. And it is liber- liberating, like you say, isn't it?
0: It is, it really is. And you know, I love that I can control my diary. You know, no one can book any time mm-hmm. before 10 o'clock because I want to lie in, you know. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. I'm definitely not a morning person. But you know, things like that has made me realize that running a business is really right for me. And for someone who wants to leave the classroom, they know they want to run their own business, but they're feeling hesitant or they're not sure how to go about it. What would be your top piece of advice if they're in that situation of what they can do?
1: I would say definitely do some research. No journaling is amazing. Just like sit down and like write down all the things that interest you, all the skills that you have, know, have a look to see what other people who have left teaching, what they've done. There's a great website, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, something did teach is it? There's a website I don't know. called Did Teach.
0: Um,
1: and it just has like loads of jobs on it um for people who used to be teachers. And it would just give a lot of ideas for what people um who were teachers could transfer the skills across to. But I think just having that space, you know, getting out of the classroom, going to the beach, going to a park, you know, somewhere, and just writing down all of those things, all of those things that um, that that drive you, really.
0: I really like that idea of listing your skills. I think that when you really note it down, when you really think about it, you'll surprise yourself. Throughout my career, when I was a business trainer, when I was a teacher. I always thought about my next move and it was always very strategic. It was about my career and I thought what would be good for me and my life worked around that. But when I left the classroom, I made a decision that I would actually decide what I wanted my life to look like. And I'm not talking about driving a Porsche. I'm talking about, you know, that I want to start working at 10 o'clock every day. I don't want to start Mm -hmm. earlier or I don't want to work weekends or I only want to be working X amount of time and I want to make time for certain hobbies, whatever it might be. And actually, when you think about the life you want to lead, you can then work backwards from that and design your business in a way that suits that. Because if you funnel yourself into what you feel you should do or to mimic normal I say normal in quote marks working hours then you may as well work for an employer because you're not actually getting what you need and what you want out of the experience and something that I think is important to get out there is that don't assume running a business is easy it's not going to be easier than being a teacher so you need something far more compelling than oh I can have the freedom to do whatever I want to actually make it work. And for me, that something is something that's really personal. This is what I want to live. This is how I want to live. This is how I want to feel. And I'm going to design a business that gives me exactly that. And when you know you're on the path to to achieving that, even during those really tough times, it gets you through. It makes you feel motivated. And, And since we're reflecting, what I'm going to finish on is, If you could do anything differently in those early days when you set up your business, what would you do?
1: I don't know, you know, because it it it's all been a learning curve and any mistakes that I made at the beginning have helped me now. That's a really hard question. I I think that, um, you know, like we were saying about boundaries, I, I think that. At the beginning, I would have put those boundaries in, but I didn't know to, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. If you've got red flags to listen to yourself. Do you think you did listen to yourself at the beginning if there were red flags?
1: I did hear the red flags, but I I ignored them. Mm. Um, Because I thought that, you know, I should work with everybody who asked me. Yeah. Um, and I should not have.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's really interesting. So you would have probably had maybe firmer boundaries or listened yeah. to yourself, trusted yourself, I suppose yeah. is the word, trusted yourself a bit more. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And I think that that probably resonates with a lot of people. I think what I would have done differently is I would have invested in myself much earlier, mm. whether it's support by going to a coach, whether it's courses and certainly automation, because I waited far too late. You know, you you sort of think, oh, I can go to YouTube university and I can do everything, you know, for free and I can learn it myself. Mm. And you don't realize that it takes up so much more of your time. And at some Mm. point, let's assume you're going to be busy, which I think you should assume, that is the worst time. So a conversation I have with clients a lot, especially at the beginning when when I start coaching them, is the concept of future-proofing. Because we instinctively think of right now, we think, oh, no, little old me. Oh, I, I don't I don't need that. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine doing it manually. But the conversation I have is, are you planning to be busy? Are you planning to be busier than now? And the answer is always yes. That's why mm-hmm. they've come to me. So I always say, well, we need to prepare for it then. Yeah. And I think that concept of future proofing, even if you don't have a master plan, you don't know where your business is going to go. It's still important to have some semblance of thinking about how can I make my life easier in six months time, assuming that things are going to go in the direction I want it to go in. And I didn't have I didn't have that that mentality. I was thinking of the here and now all the time. Mm Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, I hope that you have found our conversation useful. Do get in touch if you have any other questions and all the ways I can support you is in the show notes and Louise's links are in there as well. So thanks for listening and I will see you next time.